Pleased to be here, and uh, we would like to thank uh, Rudolf Farad for and the other organizers for the invitation and to give give us the opportunity to present our work. So uh, we were very excited and we are very happy to be so well re received. Uh, so uh, part two, I'm I'm going to speak about the theoretical foundations. Um, I apologize if uh, it is too formal for some of uh, the person in the audience. So don't. Uh, so, so I, I hope uh, it will be clear uh, and, uh, and it will not be so difficult. So I will try to do my best. So just to remember uh, what Michel uh, presented yesterday. So uh, remember the 2000 U.S. presidential election, the presence of a minor candidate, Ralph Nader, changed the outcome a true realization of the arrow paradox. It happens a second time in 2002 in France with 16 candidates, 10 from the left that caused the, 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 the elimination of Jospin in the first round, and then uh, Chirac, who crashed Le Pen with a score of 82%, which is not representative of the high esteem of the electorate to Chirac, and then in the 2007 French presidential election, there was a, a candidate, a third candidate, who gets a very high score, uh, approximately 19%, uh, who was, in fact, the Condorcet winner and the Borda winner. And then, after what happened in 2002, uh, French electors uh, realized that if they vote honestly, they could have a very bad outcome uh, due to the very bad system used so that they decide to vote strategically, which, is, which was uh, a good idea, somehow. Uh, but uh, th this, this shows that voters can react strategically to a system uh, if, uh, to maximize their interest. So, this means that the, 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 the requirements of social choice are not I I just imagination of researcher, but they are real, and we should find a system systems, because uh, there are many 
social choice problems, and here we treat only the, the election of one candidate or ranking candidates, and not, we will not uh, give a solution to how to represent uh, different opinions uh, in, in a parliament, for example. So we need a voting system that avoids these two important problems. The traditional social choice theory worked on a, on a model because we are, we are a, a voting system is just a model, not a model, it's a system based on some imagination or in some uh, something that we, 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 we should construct. So the, the, the previous construction that doesn't work and cannot avoid these kind of problems. So we need, we need something new. And our, our idea is not uh, only an imagination of researcher. It is something that is motivated by what happened in reality because everywhere except in the theory, everybody is grading, is judging the merits in sports competition, in wine competitions, everywhere, in grading students. So our model is much more close to reality than the other model. And we are, I'm going to give, to present the theoretical foundations of the method that Michel presented yesterday, just to recall the method. So this is the ballot where we ask people we ask the voter to answer this to a precise question with some solemnity using a scale of uh, common language of grades motivated by uh, what is used in school in France and they should give to each candidate a grade. And then the, the, this, the distribution of grade will induce us to do some computation First, we are going to compute the majority grade or the median grade of a candidate, which is the grade that a majority of people give to that think that this candidate should, ha should have a higher grade of that, and the majority should think that this candidate should have this grade or lower. So this is the main the, the, the main idea. But then you will ha you could have ties, as in this as what happens in in, in the French presidential election. And then we have uh, a methodology to, to using the majority gauge to to um, to break ties. So what, what we are going to do? We are going to compute the number, the, the sum of grades strictly higher than the majority grade of a candidate, and then the, and the sum of grade strictly uh, percentages of grades strictly lower than the majority grade. This will give us the majority gauge p alpha q. For Bayrou, it is the majority gauge is 44.3, good, 3.6. And then we give a plus or a minus depending on the balance. If it is in the positive side, if you have more higher grade than lower grade, it is a plus. If not, it is a minus. So if someone is a plus is always better than a minus. And then if two candidates are have a minus grade, the one having more, more, most minus grades, lower grade is below. And if it is a plus, then the one having the highest grade is above. The highest number of grades is above. So this is the method. So I'm going to explain how we, why this is the method we, we recognize. So content. 
<laughs> Where is the content? Okay. So, basic model. We have a common language of grades. This is a strictly ordered set of grades. A finite set of competitors and a finite set of judges. And the problem is specified, a profile is a matrix where in rows we have the competitors, in column we have the judges, and for each, uh, it, where each competitor received a, some set of grades from each, a grade from each judge. Okay? And we are looking for um, the first part concerning the justification of the majority grade. So we are looking for a function that associates to each competitor a grade. Okay? Given this profile. So here are the competitors, here are the judges. And we, would, we are going to put axioms in this function. And of course, uh, if we, we said that the old model is bad, the old model has a lot of axioms that we are going to use. And if uh, we didn't have this, uh, this old, 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 all these theoretical foundations, Previous theoretical foundation cannot do what we are doing. Okay? So we have we, all, we use all the basis, all the basic idea of the traditional model to solve the problem in the new model. So we, we are looking for a for a method that is neutral, meaning that if I if I change the name of the candidate, it doesn't change the their, their final grade. The, the method does not depend on the name of the candidates. They, they are treated equally, and the judges also have the same power. So no judge has more power than another judge. So we are looking to a voting system where all the citizens have has exactly the same power on the final decision. And we would like the function to be unanimous, meaning that if all the judges think that some candidates merit some grade alpha, this will be his final grade. And we would like the function to be monotonic, meaning that if I go from some profile phi prime to phi, and uh, some candidate has everything equal, except that he has high, uh, his grade increases, then the final grade does not decrease. And if all the grade of some candidates are strictly higher, then his final grade is strictly higher. This is a sort of unanimity. You can say this as Pareto in the, the traditional model. Okay. And then we will ask for independence of irrelevant alternatives meaning that the final grade of a candidate is uh, determined only by his own set of grades and does not depend on the sets of grades of the others. This will ensure that if you drop some candidate, this will not change uh, the, the, the final grade of our candidates. This will imply that our method will avoid the arrow paradox. No, I'm looking now for a, a small, small f is a function that will take the grade of one candidate and give him a final grade. Okay? So because I have IIA, I will now be reduced to study only functions associated to a set of grades of some candidates. So, so anonymity now means what? If I permit the grades of two judges, it doesn't change the final grade of the candidates. Unanimity 
means that if all the, the same, okay, and monotonicity is, is translated in that way, and now the possibility theorem says that if I want a method that is neutral and big F, which has the properties I required, then it is sufficient to take a small f and to take a candidate, his distribution of grade, and apply small f to this set of grade and determine the final grade of this candidate. And this is uh, necessary and sufficient. This is trivial, of course, but this is very important. <coughs> so in practice, the common language is usually parameterized in, into the reals, okay? And, uh, and we would like the function to be such that if I have uh, some small changes in the parameterization, I, I, this induces a small changes in the outcome of the decision rule. So we would like to have some continuity of this function. And I'm going to suppose for s in some parts of the, of the study that the language is 0R, R, uh, maybe 20 in France, 100 in the US. Okay, so this is the, an interval. And I'm looking to all functions that has as input this set and as output this set, okay? Having the properties. And I call this a social, social grading function, okay? I, I don't uh, understand what happens because I, <laughs> I have the... <laughs> so no, the part two is strategy. Now um, to, to study strategy, we should uh, have a utility function uh, to that model the motivations of the voter. And then we are going to study uh, strategic behavior with respect to a family of utility functions. Okay? So we don't know the utility function of a voter. So we can, we can only make assumptions on this utility function and then study the behavior according to this assumption. And we are, go are go going to show you that majority grade is robust to many possible modelization of utility functions of voters. Okay? So what is utility? Utility, imagine that uh, I'm going to, 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 to have the interpretation of utility as measuring satisfaction of voter according to some outcome. Okay? So I claim that utility is re only relative. It's measure relative satisfaction. Proof, take 2002 in France. The voters that uh, voted in the second round was, were very satisfied to, by the score of Chirac against Le Pen, and speci specifically voters of the left that hated Chirac and voted with, the, I don't know how we call this, like that, and with the, the, the ballots like that. They was very satisfied by this score. If it was Chirac against Jospin, the same voter would have been very unhappy with this score. This means that their satisfaction is function of who is the candidate. What is the set of candidates? This means that if you have, if you ask voter, what is your satisfaction if this candidate is elected or this candidate is elected? The answer will depend on who is the candidate. This means that we cannot use as input a measure of satisfaction to resolve the arrow paradox. It cannot be the solution of the problem. However, grades claim that grades measure merit in some, somehow in an absolute way, meaning that it will not depend on the set of candidates. What does it mean? In France, this voter would have just Chirac acceptable and reject Jospin, 
And would, 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 would Judge Chirac acceptable or good? And uh, Jospin, very good or excellent. So the grade of Chirac would have been the same against Le Pen or against Jospin. Okay? So this is very important. This is a philosophical uh, question, perhaps, but this is very important. What it is the question and what we are looking for? Okay? So we it's a measure. We can do exactly the same computation, the same mathematics, but the, the, the result will be completely different. So we cannot do social choice without specifying the language, specifying what is the exact question posed to voter, what, are, what we are measuring. This is part of the design, not only the mathematics. The game of voting. So utility or satisfaction, we claim that it is a complex function that may depend on a host of factors, the set of candidates, as we have seen. Honesty. Some voters will vote strategically in this, in this uh, 2007 election, but they were very unhappy because... For example, someone supporting uh, idea from ecology was obliged to vote for for uh, for, uh, for Ségolène Royal, and he was not happy to do that. But he, it was his interest; he, he <coughs> did it. But he was not satisfied to do that. So satisfaction, his satisfaction is decreased because he was strategically. The aggregate measures of the decision rule is important. If I have um, some favorite who crushed the, uh, the the opponent, I am very happy, perhaps. And if I'm defending some idea and at the end I see that it, is, uh, it gets only 5 or 2%, I'm not very happy. So the, 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 at the end of an election, there is something sent to the, by the aggregate message is public and this, this induces many things and this can be important for many persons. Many uh, voters will... And the, and the media will comment this, this uh, aggregate message, and this will be part of the utility functions of the voters. And we cannot say that a voter care only on the ranking. It is not true, because many friends of us prefer, knows that, uh, that uh, Sigrun Roy will lose the election, because uh, more than 100 polls show that it will, she will lose the election. They know that Bayrou can, can gain the election, and they, they could have voted for Beirut. They didn't vote for Beirut because they, they didn't want the left to not, for a second time, not be present in the second round. For them, it was inimaginable to kill the left. They prefer election of Sarkozy than killing the left. So the ranking was not the motivation of the voters. It was important, but not the unique motivation of the voters. So, now what we are doing, what? Given the information, the mechanism used, voter will choose a message that maximizes his utility function. And so now we are in the framework of economy, of, politic, of politics. Uh, the, the new politics is doing like that. It is exactly the same framework that we are following. There is a mechanism. I have a utility function. I look to pull in, and I decide to maximize my utility. And I will go in to prove that majority judgment is strategy proof, meaning that a voter, his dominant strategy is to vote honestly in, for a large classes of utility functions. But this is not true for all utility functions. And 
And when it is not strategy proof, it combats manipulation in a well-defined sense, in many different defined senses. I will not present all the, the, the different senses because there are many. I present the most important. So utility of a voter is a complex function that could depend on the two grade the electorate believe the voter merits. But, all, all, but the a voter will not necessarily give his true grade. Voters, this may also depend on the grade they are truly given. And this may depend on the mechanism that is used and on the set of candidates, but also on the language that is used. Perhaps voters, uh, if they have the opportunity between choosing an election uh, to vote by choosing only one candidate or an election where they can give their opinion for, uh, for any candidate, they have a satisfaction between these two kinds of expression. So this is also part of their satisfaction. Okay? So for, just to uh, get some idea, personal satisfaction, honesty means that in, there is in the utility function a part that that is related to satisfaction. A voter is happy if he can, everything equal, he's happy to vote honestly. Uh, if the grade he gives, he is the grade he believes the candidate merits. So this is satisfaction due to voting honestly. But perhaps he will not do it because the other parameters are more important. He will not vote. But perhaps he has some satisfaction to vote honestly. And perhaps he would like the others to vote honestly. Or not, I don't know. Okay. So if it is the case, he will be happy to have a system that prevents the others to not vote honestly. Sorry. <coughs> and single pickness means that I would like, I am a voter, I would like the final grade to be the most close possible to the grade I believe is the right one. If I think that this candidate should be graded uh, good, and if it is graded passable, I'm not happy. I would like it to be, uh, or if it is excellent, I would like to decrease its final grade to the grade I believe he merits. This is, comp this is reasonable in many situations. And at the extreme, utility may depend solely on who is the winner. Only the winner counts for the voter, don't care about his final grade, he doesn't care about uh, anything else, only the winner is important or the final ranking is important. And this is the, the traditional assumption made in voting theory. You have uh, alt alternatives and you have utility if such alternative is, the f the is, uh, is chosen, so your utility depends only on the identity of the alternatives and that's all. Okay? So the first result on uh, the first definition it concerns strategy proving grading. What does it mean? An aggregation function f is strategy proven grading if when the final grade of a candidate is r and imagine we are in a everybody votes honestly you discover the final grade you can compute it and then you, you ask yourself or oh, there is a pooling you are a judge and you, you think that the candidate merits more than, he, than merits more than the fi his final grade so your grade you want to grade, you want to give him this grade and you get this one. The function is strategy proving grading if you cannot decrease his final grade. You cannot 
increase his final grade. You would like to increase his final grade, you cannot. And the opposite, if you think he merits less, you would like to decrease his final grade, you cannot. So, so this, if I have a function like that, then the dominant strategy of a voter is to vote honestly. Okay? And this corresponds to the single-picked example of utility function. If the utility function of a voter is single-picked, okay, then his dominant strategy is to vote honestly. He has no reason to not vote honestly. Now I'm defining a class of function that we call the order functions. Uh, if you know order statistics in statistics, this corresponds to the order statistics. So for example, imagine there is uh, this grade, 14, 12, and 10. So what we do, uh, we order the grade from highest to worst. The first function, he gives to a set of grades the first one, always the first one. The second order function gives the second one. So this function, the first one, f1 of this vector is 14. f2 of this vector is 12. Okay? And f3, this vector is 10. So you have, if you have n judges, you have n order functions. Other functions are strategy-proving grading. Why? Imagine we take this one. This is the majority, this is the middle, middlemost. So this is the one we are defining. This one would like to increase if he, he gives 16. He, this will not change that this is in the middle. It will stay the majority grade of the candidates. If this one wants to decrease and go to zero, he, he, this will not change the outcome. So not only you have, not, you have no interest to change the outcome, and, but if you are not a, a mathematician and you think that you can change the outcome and you vote dishonestly and you go to zero thinking that you are going to change the outcome, we will not change the outcome. In any case, you don't, have the, you, ca you don't have an interest to change it and if you change it, you don't change it. If you change your vote, you will not change the outcome. It is much more than just it is a dominant strategy to not tell the truth. Even if you, you, you are lying, you will not change the outcome, which is very important. And the theorem says that they are the unique. If you want this property, the unique strategy proving gradient functions are the order functions. Okay? If you imagine we take the average. The average here would, would be what? Let, let, let me take 6 it's more easy the sum 14, pl 14 plus 12 plus 6 divided by 3 this is, an this is a function the most used function in, in all applications it will be 10 nobody is happy okay. the 14 is unhappy because he thinks he merits more than 10 he can by Changing his vote to 20 at 6 divided by 3 and. It's not 10, it's not 10, but forget it. Uh, it's not 10? No. And make it a 7. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8
Four plus two? Ah, four. Oh, four. Oh, no problem. Ten. <laughs> so this one is not happy. He can increase. Okay? Because if, if you go to 20, for example, the maximum, imagine the scale is 0, 20. So you will have 20 plus 12 plus 4 divided by 3. So you add 6 divided by 3, it will be 12. He is more happy because he goes from 10 to 12. This one also is not happy. He can go much, to, he can add 8 points divided by 3. So it will increase much more than 12. So he will do um, less. He will go to 18 and he can get the 12 he wants. And this one is not happy because he can go to zero and uh, decrease. Everybody can cheat with, the, with this function. Okay? That's why it, she, she, it, this is a, a very unstable function. And we are going to, uh, to, to see that in many senses this is the, the, the most more manipulable function you can imagine. So, so just mathematical... Uh, the, the, in the mathematics, we don't need continuity, for example, to prove this theorem, and we don't need to assume that the language is zero R. If you have any finite language, you have the same uh, conclusion. Okay, so this is, uh, and many theorems, in fact, uh, that we have, do not need all the assumptions we made on the gradient function. This is related to a, a paper of Hervé Moulin on single peakedness uh, in the traditional model where he, he, he characterized it and this justified the Condorcet method, huh? uh, the action of Condorcet. Uh, so this is related in somehow, but the, we have less functions because uh, he doesn't assume strict monotonicity, but only weak monotonicity. No. And if the mechanism, as I, say, as, uh, as I, I showed, is a point summing method, so almost, almost all voters can manipulate, so meaning that the unique moment where a voter will not manipulate is his grade is the final grade. That's all. All the others have an interest and can manipulate because he can, they can increase or decrease. So now I'm going to give another definition of manipulability. Now imagine I don't know the utility function of the voter. Huh? Ten minutes? No. Really? <laughs> okay. Uh... Given an aggregation function, uh, I will compute the number of judges that can decrease the final grade, the number of judges that can increase the final grade, and I will compute a quantity which is the probability, natural probability, by which a judge who tries to change the final grade succeeds. Okay? Um, so with probability one half, he won't decrease. With probability one half, he, can, he won't increase the final grade. And, uh, and since there are n judges with probability 1 over n, it can be one of the judges, and you can compute this probability as to be the probability by which a judge who is, uh, you want to do something, succeed at the end. And you, you want find, so you, you take the, 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 the maximum over all profile, to, to, and then you would like to minimize this probability over, to take the function f that minimizes this probability, and you can show that the unique function that have, that minimize this probability are the order functions, and the, the function that maximizes this probability are the ever mean, and the, the, the Ponsamin method. The, for them, this probability is one, meaning that uh, he can, with probability one, succeed. Okay? 
Now I'm going to strategy proving ranking. Strategy proving ranking says that if you take any two candidates A and B, if the final grade of A is below the final grade of B, okay, and you take some judge who thinks the opposite, he's not, he, that, he disagree on the ranking. Final ranking gives B better than A, and he thinks that A is better than B, which merits more than B. I would like a function such that this judge who would like to decrease B cannot, and, and he cannot increase A. What does it imply? This implies that if it is a dominant strategy for anyone having, for which the utility function depends only on who is the winner or on the ranking to tell the truth. So we are now in the class of utility functions that depends only on the identity of the winner. So we change the, the, our uh, assumption on the utility function. And the theorem says there exists no Function. This, this is the extension of Gibbard-Satter-Tway theorem. Somehow, it is not possible to find the function that for which it is a dominant strategy to tell the truth with this type of utility functions. But we, can, we are going to to to, uh, to 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 ask for a lower property. Given the same situation, the grade of A is higher than the grade of B, and the just think that A is the final grade of A is lower than the final grade of B and the judge believed that A should be higher than B. In that case, I would like that if G can decrease the final grade of B, if he has this ability, I want him, I want the function to be such that he cannot increase the final grade of A. And if he can increase A's final grade, he cannot decrease B's final grade. And then, this implies that unique strategy then you can show that other functions are the unique having this property. So somehow this cuts by half the possibility of cheating. And the probability I computed later, the, the, this minimal probability was one half. Okay? So mini, this is somehow, this is what we call, we cut by half the, the, the possibility of manipulation using this, uh, these functions. So when reporting in Australia is not a dominant strategy for all voters, there is, there is always a situation where some voter is would like to, to, to cheat. So what, what should I, what should we do? We should study the equilibria of the game. Okay? So this is another topic, so I need more than half an hour or an hour to explain how we study the equilibria of the game, but believe me, we can show this. We can show that at least, at the worst, at the worst, the Condorcet winner is elected, is elected by the method, if. Okay? And this is uh, this is uh, this analysis in, is in our book. So be patient; you are going to <laughs> to see the solution of this problem in the book. So, meaning that when it is not a dominant strategy to tell the truth, we study the game, we study the equilibrium of the game, and uh, at worst, it will be the Condorcet winner, which is not so bad for a system to elect the Condorcet winner. Now I'm going to justify the middlemost aggregation function. I don't have time, so I'm going to, to go quickly, perhaps, because uh, of the next um, speaker. So middlemost aggregation function associated to, if you have a odd number of grades, you have a unique middlemost. This is the, the solution. And you have, if you have an even number of judges, this is all function that gives a, a, a final value in this interval. I call it a middlemost function. 
So we have many such functions. And if, and we have two particular ones, the one, the, the, if I have, I have four grades, for example, 12, 10, 8, and 4, this is the middlemost interval. And any function that gives me as output something in the middlemost interval, okay, it is a middlemost function. And this is the small, highest middlemost function, this is the smallest middlemost function. So, they have the property, they can be characterized as to be the unique, such that if a majority of judges think that some candidate should have the grade R, this will be his final grade. So they have this property of satisfying majority in the new model, and this property of majority. Now I come back to manipulability. The case order function allows n minus k plus one judges to increase the final grade, and k judges to decrease the final grade. For example, if I take this one, who are the judges that can increase the final grade? This one can increase it, this one can increase it, this one can increase it. So you have three that can increase, this one you cannot increase. Who can decrease? This one can decrease, this one can decrease, two can decrease. Okay? If I take this order function, the max, everybody can increase. And if I take this one, everybody can decrease. So extreme, extreme order functions seems to be more manipulable than central order functions. And we can define a measure manipulability by replacing the one half before by, we don't know which, with, which with which probability the judge would like to, 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 to change the final outcome. So if I take this as parameter lambda, and I would like to minimize the probability of manipulation, then the unique that will minimize this probability are the middlemost functions, okay? The, the center, those that are recentered, the probability, minimizing probability will be close to one half. And point time method maximize this, this will be one. F1 and Fn, which is the highest and the smallest order functions, have this probability equal to one. Why? Because since everybody can increase and this probability could be lambda be equal to one, mu plus is n, mu plus is n, lambda is one. Uh, so n over n is one and the, the maximum probability is one. Okay. Majority grade respects consensus, as a social grading function respects consensus if I have two candidates A and B, and imagine that all the grade of A are in the midmost interval of the grade of B. What does this mean? Imagine I have another candidate and all his grades are there. Okay? So the first one is 12, 10, 8, and 4, and someone is have only 10, 9, 9, and 8, for example. So these are the two candidates. Then I would like this candidate should be better than the other, not worse than the other, because there is more consensus on his grade okay, than the others where they have, have extremes. Majority grade is the function that associates to a set of grade the smallest middlemost function. This, this will be this one. The, the, the final grade will be this one. So I take the middlemost interval, I take the smallest value in the middlemost interval, this define a function, and this function we call it the majority grade. And we have the theorem that says that F respects consensus if and only if it is smaller than this 
upper, the upper bound is the majority grade, implying that the majority grade is the unique middlemost function that respects consensus. And I go quickly to the majority ranking, just to explain what is majority ranking. So now imagine I have uh, two candidates, they have a set of grades, and would like to rank them. What is the procedure? It says if candidate A have a final have a majority grade strictly higher than candidate B, then I would like A to be strictly higher than B. And if they are equal, if they have the same majority grade, then I drop this majority grade from both in both candidates and I repeat the procedure. I will give an example in a moment, just to give the the, 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 the important properties. We have a transitive ranking because of the xicographic. Uh, we have equality. We have ties only if the set of grades are exactly the same, meaning that ties are completely impossible. And it satisfies IAA in the sense that the social order between two candidates depends only on their respective set of grades. Okay. And here, uh, how it works. Take three wines, A, uh, Anjou, Bourgogne, and Chablis. Bo, uh, the three have the, the majority grade good. Okay? So I cannot, de- so now I, wh- wh- what should I do? I drop good, and now I have these four grades. And since the, my, my procedure say, says you take the smallest middlemost, so the smallest middlemost in three cases is this one, in red. And now I know that Chablis is the last one because passable is less than good. And then I repeat. Between Anjou and Bourgogne, I drop this grade. I still have this 3-1. I still have a tie. I repeat. And now I can decide between them. And I I have my ranking. Anjou, better than Bourgogne, better than Chablis. So we can characterize this axiomatically. It will be cho- this unique social ranking function that will be choice monotone, meaning that if A is higher than B and one, gra- one voter raises strictly the grade of one candidate, then the tie is broken in the goods. In the A will be strictly higher than B at the end. This, the, if I want to compare two candidates, first I look at the center grades. If they can decide, it's okay. If not, I drop this center grade and I look at the extreme grades. This is important for manipulation because we have seen that more we are in the middle, less, less, we, we, uh, less the, 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 the mechanism is manipulable. That's why we go from the middle to the extremes. And finally, rewarding consensus, that is what I defined before, and we can characterize the majority ranking like this. We can define the majority zero that I ex- gauge that I explained, so I go quickly for the majority gauge. This is defined uh, by the triple P alpha Q. Huh? P is the number of grades strictly higher than the majority grade, alpha is the majority grade, and Q is the number of percentage of grades strictly lower than the majority grade. And we have the ranking that I defined at the beginning. First, I look at the completed majority grade, plus or minus. If they decide it's okay. If not, if both are plus, I look at the positive parts. I compare the, the grades above the majority grade. And if not, I compare the grade below the majority grade. And we can prove that if the order, if X is better than Y with the majority gauge, then X is better than Y by the majority ranking. Okay? But it is completely impossible in large election to go more than the majority gauge to decide between two candidates. So it is a sufficient statistics 
to be used in elections. And I stop here. Thank you. So the, the question of reducing the study of majority, saying that majority judgment does not work for two candidates somehow, it's amusing because the other systems work only when there are two candidates. And in general, we don't have them. And I don't know another system than the majority when there are only two candidates. So when we are speaking about two candidates, we are speaking only about one system, which is the system that uses majority. Secondly, it is if you have a paradox with n candidates in our system, since it is IIA, the paradox will appear with two candidates. So, of course, if you want to analyze the, the problems of or the the, or the, 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 the Viability or anything in our system it is sufficient to study it in, with two candidates. And our theorems are contained only two candidates because the system is independent of relevant alternatives. So only two by two candidates are sufficient to study the system. So reducing the, the, the study to two candidates is not, uh, is somehow it's not completely natural and normal. So we come back to this example and we study it. When these two candidates drops, of course, the winner changes, but you can see that the grades, these two candidates think that the, the, they should have a very low grade. They give them the smallest possible grade, which is A, and after dropping, they increase their, their, their medium grade. This one moves from B to E, which is higher, and this one moves from C to F, which is higher. So by not voting, thinking that the, the, there is, they have a very low esteem of the candidates, after not voting, they increased the final grade of the candidate to something higher than, than what they had before, which was higher than what they give them. So what is the utility function? Is it really the ranking? By not voting, yes, they elect another candidate which is better for them, but they give them a much more higher grade than the grade he, he thinks he merits. So it is not clearly uh, a paradox. And uh, in this example, when you have one million in one side and one million in the other side, I, if you do an experiment with two million and one people and you find this example, then I stop promoting majority judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so let us come back to point summing methods. So, but, but I agree that if we want to understand the method, we should go to the extreme cases to analyze the method, it is important. We cannot avoid all the possibilities of the method, and we were aware about many of these paradoxes, and specifically that we are not, we don't coincide with the majority, which is completely normal. Why? Majority is not transitive always. You have the Condorcet paradox. We are always transitive. Ponton methods are always transitive. So it is clear without any computation that you can find example for which the majority is not, does not coincide with our example. For example, so I will call it traditional majority. Huh? We don't coincide with traditional majority. Take this example, and you can have k equal to infinity to one million, k equal to one million, okay, if you like. And you have the majority prefer x to y, but now, if you compute the average score of x or the majority grade of x, you have 10, and for y you have close to 19. So who is better? 
why, majority, why majority should be taken as to be a good method of decision because sometimes we could have uh, someone which is largely better than another one with the appoint summing method or with our method but not with the majority method and if you, uh, you want to have majority this, this, this means that you reject any method in our model any method you reject the model in any case okay so pairwise comparison do not take into account intensities and the traditional majority winner is not always necessarily the legitimate winner the example shows, shows it. And the, the evidence is the Chirac against Le Pen. It was a nice uh, election for us. The 82% of Chirac, score of Chirac, is, does not esteem a high esteem of Chirac. So measuring by pairwise comparison is not an axiom, is not something uh, given by God to decide what is a good method or the, who is the winner. There is no legitimacy on that. So why should the new majority decided in the horizontal basis, taking the grades, should be less valid than the vertical majority, the traditional majority? Why? And majority is not an axiom if the traditional model. If it was an axiom, you have only one method, the Condorcet method. So the, you stop doing social choice if you assume majority as an axiom. The unique axiom of social choice are unanimity and IIA. Important axiom. And this uh, unanimity and are satisfied by majority judgment. So if you have an example that shows that some method is bad, I can find you for another method that you promote, another example extreme, which looks, for which the method looks bad. So an example is not, cannot be against a method, only, uh, An example, for, in my opinion, is interesting to understand the method, but I would like a property. If the property against us is majority, it is not, it is not a sufficient argument against the majority. I, I will come back. In fact, in your paper, you have many other properties that you didn't, you didn't present. So I will recall the three important properties that we do not satisfy and which are known. So this, this is a more valid objection, which is based on the properties, mathematical properties that we do not satisfy. Okay? So the first one was majority, and uh, in my opinion, you cannot take this as an axiom. So it is, uh, it is not... So I, I go to the second one, the three other properties that I call no-show objections, but we are, they are very close mathematically. The first one is just consistency. You have two separate electorates. In this one, the winner is X. In this one, the winner is X. Uh, you put them together, you would like the winner to still to be X. X. 
this if I have uh, a function that has this property, I call this function the method joins consistent. It is consistent when I join electorates together. Participant consistency means that is the same except that one of the electorates is uh, one of the electorates consists of a single person. One voter is asking his, himself, should I vote or not? Before voting, the winner was X. He preferred X to Y. And after voting, he changed the outcome. And the winner is Y. This is called participant consistency introduced by, uh, by Hervé Moulin. Jones consistency in the tradition model was introduced by, uh, independently by uh, Smith and uh, Young, Peyton Young. And you have conciliation. Conciliation means you have X better than Y and someone who gives the same grade to both candidates arrive and then he changed the outcome while he's indifferent, he's indifferent. He, he gives the same grade to both. Okay? So I, give a, I will give an example that, show, that's, that allows you to understand why these three properties are, are in fact equivalent mathematically. And we can, I can, if I have time, I can show you why they are equivalent. Take this example. So the majority grade of X is 15, of Y is 14, so X is the winner. Okay. So I suppose I add one voter who, who gives to X, he, he will vote in this, this side. Okay. So he, he thinks that both candidates are, he, do, he doesn't like very much any one of the two candidates, but he gives to, to X a high rate of vote. X goes to Y. For example, what happens? We move from here to Because of this, Of this H judge. 
he, he has a very low opinion of both candidates, six and four. So after voting, he decreased X from 15. He thinks that he married six, he was 15. And he goes from 15 to 12. And uh, for why he goes, he goes from 14 to 13. So somehow he's happy because he decreased both candidates to what he thinks is the right grade for the both candidates. So he has some happiness after election. But on the other side, he, 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 he changed the outcome. So if his utility, for him, it is more important to rank in, there is a paradox. If, if he's happy uh, that he decreases the, the, the grades, he is happy. In that case, there is no paradox. But imagine that he, he strongly prefers X to Y, so that he, when he gives his grades, he gives a grade in that here to X more than 15 and to Y less than 14. In that case, he changes nothing. X still the winner. Because if I go there, the, the grade of X can only decrease. And if I go there for Y, the grade of Y can only decrease. In that case, if there is really a strong difference between X and Y for these candidates, there will be no paradox. This will imply the, the results partially satisfaction of participation, meaning that if X with majority grade alpha is the winner against Y with majority grade beta, meaning alpha is greater than beta, that's why he is the winner. And if I add a new judge that gives to X higher than alpha and to Y less than alpha, then there is no paradox. I still have X the winner, and symmetrically, if I give to Y less than beta and to X more than beta, I will have no paradox. So if there is really a difference for the new voter between the two candidates, there will be no paradox. But if he is in the same side, less for, the, for both or higher for both, he like both or he, he don't like both, we can have this paradox. What, what about an 11-1? If you go back to your previous example, an 11-1 yeah. difference, that's a big difference but it will still have the outcome yeah, that yeah, yeah. was discussed. Yes, yes, yes. What if? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, this is the, the term concern any grade be below. So, of course, the intensity may count. Yeah. Don't, uh, I don't say I resolve the paradox, I give situation in which we don't have the paradox. So I don't, uh, so just I, give, I explain that we have many situations in which there is no paradox. But I didn't finish the argument. Conciliation. The question of conciliation is positive. Why? Because the voter, if you are really indifferent, you don't vote. But in this, in, with majority judgment, you can be decisive. When you vote, you can decide between two candidates, you can be decisive. So this is an inducement to participation somehow. If the function was another function in our model, which is to, to do a point summing method, then, uh, then this decreases the, the motivation of participation, if it is a question of participation. Okay? Now, Jones consistency, I will give a result of partial satisfaction of Jones consistency. Meaning, if I have two electorates, and this one which has N, this one which has K, if both think that some candidate should have more than some level gamma, then the joint electorates will still think that this candidate should have more than this level gamma. Okay? 
and I can replace the inequality by strict equality, the other signs, anything you can put here. It should be just the same for all the inequalities, or all the, all the symbols must be the same, and we still have the same results. Meaning that, and you can prove that majority grade and the modified majority grade, but I don't answer here. Meaning that I can replace gamma by a gamma plus or a gamma minus if I like. Are great joint consistent. And this can imply two results. The first one says if candidate X wins in the two electorate with a majority grade at least alpha, okay, and all other candidates have majority grades that are strictly lower than alpha. Then X wins in the combined electorate. So this is an instance where we don't have this paradox of joint lack of joint consistency. And the second instance is if X wins with some majority, modified majority alpha star, and Y with the majority beta star in both in both con in both uh, electorate, then we in, when we join them, we don't have the paradox. So what, what does it mean? It means that if John's consistency is not satisfied because I have one precinct, one precinct, I, the people vote in both, and I join them to see what happens, if I have the paradox, if I observe the paradox in reality, this means that the two electorates do not agree on the evaluations. Okay? They agree that X is better than Y, but, by the, but the evaluation of X here and here is not the same. Here he was, for example, judged good, and here he was judged disabled, <coughs> for example. So the question is, why should the, a disagreement on evaluations lead to a, an agreement on the rankings? They do, they, they do not agree completely. They agree that this one is better than this one, but they have no agreements on the evaluations. So we think there is a disagreement somehow in two populations. Why, when, when I merge them, I should have an agreement? It's a philosophical question. Don't answer to this. That's just a question. I, just to go to practice. In practice, we did, did experiment in the web. Two, many different experiments in the US presidential election, and Barack Obama was, in all experiments, graded much more high than the other candidates. So this is uh, somehow an instance of corollary one, where uh, the, we, we put this assumption. And in Orsay, precincts of Orsay, we did, uh, the, in the three precincts, all the candidates were, were, had the majority grade good. All three? All the three were good in all the three precincts. Okay? This is the concept with a high competition. And they all org this is an instance of theorem one. But what is interesting is that in the Ox experiment, in these three precincts, we did only in three precincts that are very close one to the other, but the ranking was not the same, the winner was not the same. Okay? What does it mean? What does it imply? So conclusion one. Take a small jury. Lack of participation or consolation is limited by the theorem, and is not, it cannot be a, it could not be a paradox since the voter, to which it happens, may care more about the grade than the ranking. This is the where somehow we can we could say that there, we could have that there is a possibility that we could have the paradox. Take a small jury. Lack of joint consistency cannot occur because you cannot divide a jury into groups. It is a small jury. We don't. We are not going to to merge uh, precincts uh, with a, in a small electorate. So the joint consistency is important only in a large electorate. When you have many precincts and we we have the information, it's present. We go to the, in a large electorate. 
lack of participation of conciliation, or conciliation has zero priority to a queue because no voter can be decisive. This kind of example cannot be imagined in a large electorate. You cannot going to say, I'm going to vote, but in fact, I'm going to change the ranking or the grade of the... No, it's not possible. A group of voters can, can, but not one voter. And that we have seen uh, in, the, in, this, in this experiment. 98% of ballots were two by two different. Voters do not but agree but among them. Why it's a large group to abstain? Large group, they, they should uh, agree on evaluations. Yes, this agree. is impossible. This they, is can agree. Agree. they can agree. They have to have the information ahead of time about how the other group is not going to their strategic consideration. And I, 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 the parties, the you know, leaders of opinion. <laughs> and in a large electorate, like, lack of zone consistency is almost impossible because if you have, uh, if you do a lot, you will not have the same winner everywhere. You have a competition, and in some places you will have someone of the right, and another one someone of the left, the center winning. So we will not have a winner everywhere, and they observe this paradox, so it is not uh, really a paradox. I would like to finish by saying that participation, joint consistency, and conciliation <coughs> are precisely the three properties that any, take any, conducts a consistent method, it does not have these three properties. See, the, we have the, the same paradoxes that any conductive consistent method in the previous model because we take majority we forget the other information somehow so they, that's why this causes these paradoxes and the, the Jones consistency was proved by Young Moulin proved the, 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 the snowshow paradox for any conductive consistent method and Sari uh, proved that um, if you rule out conductive components you could have uh, changed the, 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 the conductive winner is not elected. If you want a method that such that you can cancel the conductive component. So, and yet almost all of the voting rules that are advanced want to prove that they are conductive consistent or they are conductive consistent. It is not, in the, if, if they are so important, uh, nobody will uh, try to promote any conductive consistent method. And we can prove that in our model, uh, in the traditional model, Young and Smith proved that any joint consistent method is a lexicographic point sign method. Meaning what? You use a point sign, a scoring method, sorry, scoring method like Borda to decide. And if there is a tie, you, lose a, you use another scoring method to decide. And if, you, if there is a tie, you use a third scoring method to decide that you continue like that and these are the unique methods that has the property of Jones consistency and if you have time I have the theorem there, here in the new model can show that the unique method that are lexical that have each one take each property singly this property and you ask what method has this property what do you find lexicographic point semi methods you take a point semi you have the language like here, A, D, E, F, and you associate to each grade in the language a score, okay? and then you do the average of the scores, and you decide who is the winner. If there is a tie, you take another scoring point sign method, you apply it, and you, you have, a, and if you don't, you take another one, and this is the unique having this property. 
Okay? And what I proved before that quantiamine are the most more manipulable methods. Okay? So this is the dilemma. You have the choice between methods that have uh, the no-show paradox because this is the unique uh, embarrassing one. I, if I don't participate strategically, perhaps I can uh, have a better result with a method such that when I participate and exaggerate, I can change the outcome very easily with, with the Pantheon method. So what is uh, the right choice? We believe that this majority judgment is better. So insisting, implying, using a Pantheon method, and uh, I can stop or I can show you the theorems formally. Okay. So you decide. Okay, well, All questions? I think perhaps um, um, we should uh, take some more questions now. Um, yes. I have a problem which I already had yesterday uh, when we talked about the independent condition. Um, Arrow has shown that there is no voting rule except for the dictatorial one in a system where you have unrestricted domain, Pareto, and independence. Now you claim that you have or your method satisfies the independence condition. That can't be Arrow's independence condition. It must be the Nash independence condition. And that is a great difference, of course. And then you can get possibilities. So it can't be Arrow's independence condition. Could you define to me what you mean by the Arrow independence condition? Well, you have two profiles, and the relationship between X and Y is exactly the same according to each voter in these two profiles, and yes. the result should be exactly the same. But then you would have a counterexample to Arrow's general impossibility no, result. No, no, this is no, not no, 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 Containing the ranking without using the grades, okay? We are in the outcome. We are not in the outcome framework because we are. We, we can. We, we the ranking between two candidates mm -hmm. depends only on the respective set of grades. Okay? Yes, but these so are ordinary grades, right? These are ordinary grades. Excellent, good, yes, very good. Yes, they are ordinary. Yes, they they are don't have any cardinal measure. Yes, you do exactly. Ordinary grade. But the, 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 I can find the, the, the ranking between two candidates, the theorem that I showed before. Majority ranking between two candidates depends only on their respective set of grades. You are right to point out that the model is ordinary in the sense that we don't give any cardinality to the grades. Okay? But the, the, uh, we don't, when you, if, I use Excel, if I, I give you excellence, I give him. Good, it is not the same. Uh, you, are, you have a high grade of mean, but it is not the same that giving you bad and giving it to reject. When you have, I don't understand. The, when you have the grades for the candidates for some voters, you can translate that in the program. Yes, if I translate that in the program, I don't. I cannot have a function that depends only on the order used by grades. This is the impossibility of of course. But I, I, I use the information in the grades. I use the information. I don't lose this information. I don't take only the preference induced by the grade. 
I use the, va- the, the fact that this is this grade and not this grade that is this. But you, you lose the information about the, the right. Who gives? Who the gives right. what? I yeah. forget this. Yeah. Yes. This is important. Yes. That's yes. why we avoid it, our fathers. Because yes. if I remember who gives what, yes. if, I remember, if I want a system that remember who gives this and this grade, then I cannot avoid it. I should forget this information. This is a cost, but this allows me to have a, a system that avoids our. This is a co- the cost of the system. Yes. Uh, coming back to, you know, to this example, as some said, you're insisting on a majority in comparisons. Yes. Well, Why is that superior to looking at a majority on grades? Arguably, I mean, mo- most, I mean, the, most people would, would, I think, uh, or, or at least are used to. The theorem that Jorge Ponsamin is valid for any number of any input, any number of grades you take. Two, three, four, five, any. Characterization it is true for finite languages or infinite languages, measurable or not. In fact, it's very general, you have very, very general results. There will be no assumption on what you have as a as set of grades. It can be any ordered set, ordered set that you can imagine. Not necessarily an answer, but it's not, it doesn't matter. General results. Without any, uh, I can show you the one of the results if you like. If you have no question, but uh, I, I think you have questions, perhaps. Sure. Sure. Yeah? Why in the experiment you did in France did you pick six different grades then? And is there any relation with the number that you used uh, in the mathematics as to why this works? Why do we choose the six grades and not zero grades, for example? Yeah, why, why didn't you choose 10 or 12? Or why, why didn't you choose 10 grades? 10 grades? Yeah. Uh, well, more, 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 more specifically, why did you pick six? H- have you been there in this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we shall show, show this graphic uh, of uh, where six was not so bad somehow because uh, with 12 candidates, you can, you can just think that. Uh, Many people will, will use this policy grade to, to, to rank or to lay their bill on the set on the twelve candidates. They have the policy grade twelve candidates, so we are going to use all the grades. In fact, now uh, only fourteen percent of per person use the, all the six grades express themselves. I mean that we don't need to have much more than six grades for in that sense to, to express the preferences. And we before doing that we didn't want five. Because we were, were afraid that many people would go to the middle, for example. And we, would, we, we think that people somehow have three, four candidates really that they like. They, would, they, they will use these four positive grades to, to grade them. And many will be insufficient, many will be to reject. And this is what happens. Because 12 
of the candidates were judged in the positive side, in the four positive side, right? One, one, one third was insufficient, one third was to reject somehow. So this is what happened, but uh, this is, uh, we spent uh, months to, 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 to design the language, and we asked many people, do you prefer this one, and this one, and this one, and this one, and what should we put there? It's not easy, and it's, I think, uh, a lot of research should be done on, uh, on just the question of which language you use, what, how many grades should be used. I think by chance, and because in France there is in baccalaureate this uh, four grades, the five grades we use, the five one, the five positive one, are used in the baccalaureate class. The four positive one. Four is used in school. And in grade school. In grade school, but to reject is not, is not used. But in fact, we, when we, 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 we psychological experiments that, for example, in a restaurant, there's a list of dishes with prices, and they add a very expensive dish to the upper end, even if nobody buys it. It drags the average left cost of the, of the um, dishes purchased up. And consequently, it's their plan is to add a few very expensive dishes that hardly anybody takes because it makes people choose more expensive dishes. A similar phenomenon could conceivably hold with regards to the presence or absence of a top uh, grade like excellent or a bottom grade like uh, rejected. horrible. Rejected. <laughs> and if you just went up only as far as very good, you might get quite different results. Yeah, yeah, but, but for the majority, it will be small percentages that go there, and I think it will not change the outcome of the majority. Because uh, you, didn't, you didn't use excellent in France. It's a translation of very good. If we, uh, we did use excellent in France, we would have been very few persons using this excellent. Much fewer than uh, very good. Very good for you the half of the time. Only 15, 50% of voters use excellent to for their, use excellent for the first rank on this only half of the voters. Half, the other half, with another grade, smaller than excellent, to the first rank candidate. <coughs> so if we had excellent, I think that we would have uh, perhaps third of person using excellent for the first rank candidate. Which is, uh, and we have seen that people hesitating, sometimes you hesitate between two grades to give to a candidate. But you don't hesitate between uh, two separate grades, because it's always been too, too close to grade. This means that you would like a language to be richer to express yourself. That's all. So at some moment, you should stop, because we would like a language to be high, to be sufficiently, sufficiently rich, to, to permit everybody to express what you would like to express, but it should be sufficiently small for, for it to be common, you know, to, to, to have really a meaning, close meaning. But this is a political question, and uh, you need uh, much more experience to study this question of language. This is not so I, I, I think we'll discuss this more tomorrow. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Michel will uh, manage we'll, uh, to discuss about it. Highly interesting. Yeah. It's Perhaps one question is best then addressed tomorrow. I wanted to focus on the word acceptable, yeah. which um, put a candidate in the lower half and actually got them in minus in your gauging system. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed to me 
here that this is an acceptable candidate and I would take this person. But in fact, in your grading system, you put that person in a minus category. A category of three ingredients. So did you do, did you see any sensitivity in your empirical work, I guess, which is probably where this would come, since I don't think theory would answer that question. We cannot be specialists of all the fields existing. We open the door to language, we open the door to statistics, but we do what we can do. We try to answer these questions, but we cannot, at some moment, others will do the work. Before discussing this with you, we were conscious of the idea that you're electing the president. I mean, we don't want to have too many, somehow or other, since they're candidates, they're a priori, you say, well, in some sense, they're going to be, adjectives, not capital A acceptable, little a acceptable. In some sense, there should be a pension towards decent grades as versus, that's where the distinction should take place, as versus three really negative things. We tried to have words that would be reasonable for this person, I'm not electing for somebody from a high office. And you were very afraid to have the elected candidate on the elected table. We're very happy to have both, the three was good, which is nice. It's just I saw when you put it up, you divided it three and three, and I thought it was acceptable. That came out of the majority case, it wasn't divided three and three. It happened that good was the grade, might have been higher, then the division would have been, you know, instead of, I mean, actually it was good, so they were, what, two above and three below. So there's no, no division was made. Women before, I think. I wonder how this would actually work if you also had an option at the end of your candidate list, that is, to reject all of the above. This would particularly apply in situations where the voters believe that everybody was corrupt and that in fact... Yes, you can have the people reject a candidate. Or, you had, you had ten voters rejected all the candidates. You had ballots like that, and they come, after the election, they come to see me, some of them. I never vote, and it's the first time I'm happy to, I just come to vote, to try this system because, because of this possibility. So how does that register, because in fact I believe that if it's a certain percentage that all candidates are rejected, then it means that there is another election, whether it's 25% of the electorate reject all candidates. Can you measure that? I suppose you can't, can you? Because obviously everybody can reject... I cannot speak to that. You know, did you see the, did you, do you remember the results? Yeah, the... I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, in fact... No, I understand exactly what you're... There were very few to reject all candidates, very, very few. But that's because we know that France is not a corrupt country. 
if you have a majority that rejects all the candidates, all the candidates will be to reject that challenge. But it's normally, it's something like that. Someone will be less rejected than the others. So the question is whether, imagine you do an election and no candidate is acceptable or more by the majority. Do you do another election? You win with the rejected score. Yeah. The question is, perhaps you could do a law that says if nobody is elected with acceptable or more, then you do another election. What I'm guessing is normally it's in 25, say 25, 30% of the electorate rejects all the candidates. Did you do it? Yeah. I cannot answer. I'm not able to answer your question. It's a good idea. For myself, I think it's a very good idea to have this kind of... It's really good to have the quality of representative, but this is not... There's nothing about this kind. It can measure this. It can measure this. You can count the number of persons that reject everybody. Or we can also decide that if someone has more than 5% of rejection, he's eliminated. We don't consider... You can add rules in addition to giving this information to reject people that are rejected by one-third or more than one-third. I don't know. But this is something that we need to do. Dennis. Tom. I just want, you know, to... I'll have some more things to say tomorrow. But for the technical side, first, there are some problems, you know, not paradoxes, problems with the way you do things. For instance, the majority gauge and, you know, drop one at a time do not necessarily end up to the same result sometimes. With this definition I give? That's false. No, no. I can answer. The definition I give here, it is not possible. The definition we give in the paper you have, with this definition, yes. But these are for events with measure zero. And it was, in fact, in this paper we were aware that it is not exactly always the same, but just to have a rule that gives all the possibilities in all possible inequalities that you could have. And since it is not easy to explain the complicated rule to a large population, I can imagine that for events of probability zero, if we have a simpler rule, we can add it to the rule to close the question of size. I can't argue with you if you made a change. We made the change. But the paper that I read... Yes, yes, yes. And with Michel we disagreed because Michel didn't want that we do this change. And I said, no, if we lose nothing, it's probability zero. But in fact, it engenderates people that... It's very improbable that there is a difference. When there is a difference, it is not... It's logically possible, but very improbable. The definition given... But the definition I give there, it is given only in strict inequalities. With strict inequalities. But, you know, I noticed that this is different than the one... Exactly. You are right. You are right. There are also some other small problems like, you know, the median is not really defined when the 
number of grades are even, you take the lower one, yes. you take the yes. upper one. Yes. But you're not there are also some problems when, you know, the, yeah. there is an active abstention versus uh, a non-active abstention. So, so there are problems that you haven't discussed but exist here in the system, which maybe you mentioned in your book, which I haven't, of course, yet read. Secondly, and quite importantly, uh, this is the debate among scholars in the sense that scholars can debate heatedly or very friendly, and uh, but it's not going to affect reality, unfortunately. You know, I spent a life uh, looking at uh, various voting systems, and what they're good for and what they're bad for, but unfortunately, <laughs> our debates here are not going to affect reality yeah. in any sense. So let's take things in proportion in, in that sense. Unfortunately, but this is this is the way I feel about it. Thirdly, I, I have I, I can give just one one comment to your, what you what you said. In one competition in France, they are doing a reform to apply our system, and it was used in uh, in uh, to elect to 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 I mean in public elections. Ah, public elections. Public elections, no professional. I have a counterexample. I didn't say never happened. Hardly ever happened. Uh, fine. You know, I spend a life looking at the voting systems. And, uh, and finally, your system, like many other systems, there are no perfect systems. The question always is, A, the system is or is not vulnerable to uh, the data A, B, C, D, E, F, or to problems A, B, C, D, E, F. If it is, how likely the system uh, can show that? The problem in social choice in general, and this is serious, that social choice can point out for any system what are the desiderata which it respects or which it abhorrents. It doesn't think or hardly ever think what are the chances in real life that such a paradox will or will not occur. Moreover, it doesn't even tell you what are the necessary or sufficient conditions for a certain paradox to occur? You just get, you know, examples in the literature, like the one here, which you waved about, give me two million, one million, whatever. And we really don't know, if, if, if we should know, if we are serious about recommending a certain system to certain politicians, how likely is it that a certain system like yours or a voting or you know it tomorrow uh, will be susceptible to certain parties. So all we have is really a kind of feeling, this looks to be serious, but you say yes, if it's serious, if it would occur or could occur quite frequently. I really can tell you. And this is the problem, you know, afflicting social choice in general in those kinds of debates. 
And I don't have the answer for that. And I don't know that you have. But in advocating any system, you should be aware of this very profound problem. This is why we have done all of these experiments. That's right. Yes. I appreciate that. But any experiment that you do, which really does not affect, you know, you have a set of data and you say, okay, under procedure A, we got this result. Under your procedure, you got this result. But then you say all other things are equal. What would have happened if we would have used another system? But all other things are not equal. Because people do change their behavior or may change their behavior with the system. And you can't control it. But we also analyze what happens if people... So the value of such experiments, unfortunately, is quite limited. But then if you speak like this, I don't understand why you work in this area. Because it's hard to change. I mean, change something. I'm not working for the... That's why I'm working for this. I I can just give an example. In Switzerland, many cantons adopted a method that Michel invented, which is much more complicated than our system. Have you considered, in the context of developing countries, particularly war-torn states, where we now attempt to introduce democracy where maybe it had not developed before, or where it's been absent for quite some time, and we almost always start with an election. And there's been a lot of concern in examining these that they are, in fact, more... Elections in these contexts create more divisions within the society rather than less. Have you given some thought as to what the impact of this kind of system might be? Since it takes the decision one step away, do you think that it would, in fact, minimize the divisiveness? Or, I mean, what are your thoughts about this? Do you want to answer that? Well, we voted... There was an election in the Socialist Party in France, ladies elect the leader. And one lady beat another lady by about less than half a percent. Tremendous division within the Socialists. You know, it was really... And so we immediately hopped on the situation and we wrote a little article that was published in the newspapers arguing that had they used our method, well, what would have happened? I mean, you would have had results... Obviously, you can't predict that. No, but in some sense, we argued that you would have had results like this. That, you know, first of all, there was a question of... There were two votes, in fact. First, there was a first round and a second round. First round was between different factions. And then two emerged and then there was a runoff. We said, well, if you'd done this, those two factions would presumably have been... You know, they would have been good plus and good minus. Then the others would have gone down. Presumably, there would have never been any rejects because they're all within the party. And you would have had a much less divisive sort of result. 
the winner would have been a good plus. I'm a good plus. The other one, I, well, I just missed. I got a good minus, but uh, or I got a good plus with just a little bit less. And maybe this would have been a much less, uh, you know, confrontational thing. And in fact, usual methods of voting. What do they do? They encourage cats for the mathematical reason for 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 what you, you asked. You see. When you, you give a vote to someone, you don't give it to another one. You don't give your opinion to the others. This induces, if you study this game, this induces a, the, this like, like, like a competition on voices, very strong competition on voices and, uh, and lots of division somehow. Lots of, you should, uh, if you use our system, you can say he is good and he is good also. He's very good, he's very good. It is not because you give some very good, you will not give a very good to another person. So the question is completely different. You can, so if you, you when you do your campaign, you try to have high grade from everybody, and you are, you are not obliged to say, to say if you, you can say give him a low grade, but if you say this, perhaps you will have low grade because you have said this. So this, so the, the method, and use another type of competition that we study partially, but I think it is not sufficient like study, and we should do mathematical work and experiments to understand what could happen with this kind of new competition, somehow. I don't think we can assume that the shortcomings and advantages of an of a, an electoral method, decision method, are independent of the context in which it's going to be applied. This is really taking further the point you made. I can think of three dimensions in which this might be the case. What is appropriate as um, a decision procedure for elections in a country emerging from a war-torn situation, a civil war, may be absolutely different from what is appropriate for a country which has a long, stable tradition of, without a civil war, for several hundred years. A country which is ethnically or religiously homogeneous may uh, be able to function very well with an electoral system which is hopeless in a country which is fractured about such a time. The second dimension might be the frequency with which uh, the elections take place. If we're electing, if we're a permanent committee meeting once a week and we elect a new chairman for the session, the kind of method we use to elect him might perhaps need to be different from what we're electing him once a year. And um, uh, there was a third dimension I, I had that slipped my mind, but there were several dimensions in which I agree. You so what do you conclude? What's your conclusion? My conclusion is that it may very well be that a system such as that which you are proposing is more appropriate on balance for certain kinds of elections in certain kinds of yes. Uh, yes. countries or sizes, but worse in others. And we may not be able to reach an overall decision which applies in all contexts. Yeah, so, I think I wanted to add to that too, because um, I'm not a mathematician, I'm not an academic, I'm an elections practitioner, and I've worked in a number of post-crisis environments. And I think this system will work uh, given the basic assumption that you're dealing with a stable society, a stable electorate, citizens who want to participate. 
who believe in the system and who are willing to go through this whole process. You're dealing with a society that's uh, facing anarchy, uh, social breakdown, civil war. Uh, you're going to get gibberish with this. You're going to get people spoiling their ballots. They're going to be destroying the ballot. If you have a majority of stupid, the, the yeah. result will be stupid also. For people who are completely <laughs> politicized, you need high levels of political awareness, education. And, I, and I'm thinking of one project where I was dealing with Afghan women. Uh, I was working in the, uh, in the border region of Pakistan and Afghanistan. And I had a serious problem in terms of literacy levels, number one, women's literacy levels, and numeracy levels. You know, where you have women and, and other citizens who cannot count past 10. Right, so even getting up to six, you know, and the kind of complexity you're dealing with, and you need a lot of voter awareness and education. Um, so maybe this is a caveat that could be added that this is for particular um, circumstances, you know, where you have that modicum of stability already there and people's belief in the system. If you're dealing with a post crisis or post conflict environment, I mean, there have always there have been often questions posed as to, you know, are very complex systems of proportional representation appropriate for these environments? You know, should we not go back to first past the post? And of course, then you, you lose, um, you know, you lose the whole issue. Then the advantages of, you know, proportional representation and getting. But um, sorry, that was my yeah, minute and a half. Worth. I agree. So I, we have much more research to do now. Yeah. <laughs> there are, of course, other aspects except the mathematics that we were dealing with. For instance, how uh, comprehensible it is to the voters. How easy or difficult it is for the system to process the results. So, we haven't discussed it. Well, I agree. Can I just say one little The last three questions, I think, really, I'm going to be grisly tomorrow. Tomorrow, the sort of semantics of what actually, what they call the, the, the language of use, if you like, are going to address those kinds of issues. Because you can't really have a language of use, a categorization, if you like, of excellent what people mean by that versus credentials like, outside of a context. It doesn't make sense. Completely, completely doesn't make sense. A language has no sense without a context. I think everybody knows that elementary bit of philosophy of language, okay? And those issues are going to be really discussed tomorrow. So, if we, if, yeah, please, by all means, you know, I mean, come. I mean, can I just conclude by saying that we know that Noble 